So fantastic to kick off a new message series today called Faves, and we're talking about some of our favorite verses of the Bible. I'm going to be sharing some of my favorite verses, and uh, today we're going to kick that off in Matthew chapter 11, if you want to turn there, but I want to talk to you today about the subject of rest. Do you ever struggle to rest? Do you ever find yourself on a vacation, starting to send emails at work? Uh, Do you ever struggle uh, to go to bed at night? You're trying to sleep, but you're also trying to make your to-do list for the next day. Or maybe you're at one of your kids' activities, and you find yourself, instead of enjoying the the event that's going on, you're, you're thinking about all the stuff that you need to get done after you get home. It's difficult to rest, isn't it? It's a challenge to rest. And uh, for 2,000 years, people have been wrestling with the teachings of Jesus about rest. And, And I think the reason that Jesus talked about rest in Matthew chapter 11 was because he knew how difficult that it was for us to relax. It's a challenge at times, isn't it? It's difficult. And Jesus knew that. I think one of the reasons why the 21st century, while we face so many challenges to rest, is because we live in the age of information. I mean, there's constantly like stuff going on, and especially related to our cell phones. Amen? All right. The average person has 80 different apps. The average, 80 apps on their cell phone. Can you just imagine that? I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I had my phone out, and I realized that I could go to my online uh, banking. I could transfer funds. I could check the stock market. I could uh, check the scores of my favorite ball games. I could read a book. I could watch a YouTube video, and I could learn a foreign language all at the same time. I mean, how many of you know that's just a little bit too much activity to be going on right here? Amen. And uh, the other night I was trying to go to sleep and I got an alert on my phone and my phone buzzed and I thought, oh man, somebody, somebody from the church or one of my family members was texting me something that was very important. I'm not kidding it. It, The the alert said Ben and JLo are back together. (laughs) So what did I do? I clicked the celebrity website button, and I read all about Ben and J-Lo. And I knew they broke up in 2004. And I knew they had been secretly spotted, you know, in 2021. (laughs) But after I finished reading the article, I thought, I don't even care about Ben and J-Lo. Why am I thinking about Ben and J-Lo? I need to be thinking about everything else in the world. Not Ben and J-Lo. Wow. There's just too much information in the world, and it's hard to rest. Some people have phantom vibration syndrome. Do you guys know what that is? That's when you think your phone is buzzing and it's not. Have you ever done that before? Like you're walking along and you're like, oh, hope nobody saw that. Just stuck your phone back in your pocket. Because we're always on. There's always activity. It's difficult to just shut it down and to rest. And Jesus began to speak to his disciples and to his followers about this subject of rest. I want to share with you today three 
three ways that you can find deep spiritual rest from Jesus this morning. Matthew 8, 11, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, number one, if we're going to experience rest, we have to come to him, and that's relationship. Okay. Notice the first thing there in verse 28, come to me. Now, this is a powerful, powerful word. Jesus summons us to come to him. See, when you're weary and when you have burdens, Jesus says the response is not just to work harder or to do more or to roll up your sleeves and just get after it. Jesus says, come to me. This is an invitation. And Jesus invites all to come to him. I mean, listen, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. In other words, like smart people and not so smart people and the older people and younger people and, and people that think they got it all figured out and people that realize that they don't have a clue. It doesn't even matter. All of us can come to Jesus. This is the great invitation of the Savior to come and to have those burdens lifted. And this is a present tense verb in the language of the New Testament, which means that we need to come to Jesus today. I mean, coming to Jesus is not something that we should just think about in the future. Oh, I might come and bring those burdens to Jesus at some time. I need to come to him this hour, like this morning, like today. There's an urgency. Come to me. Don't, don't delay. Don't wait. Come is not a past tense action. It's, it's an imperative. It's actually a command of Jesus. Did you know that you have been commanded by Jesus to come to him with your burdens? Wow. Come to me. He says, all of you who are weary, when you're fighting those battles in life, you're weary paying the bills. You're weary trying to get to the top. You're weary trying to teach your kids. You're weary trying to do what's right. I mean, Galatians chapter 6 says, don't grow weary in doing what? In doing good. And sometimes you can be doing the right things. You can be doing God-honoring things. And you can just get a little bit tired in the journey. But it's in that moment that we, that we receive this invitation to come to Jesus, all who are weary. All who are weary. Now, there's, there's a pace to the Christian life. And many of you know that when I was in high school, I used to run on the track team. And I loved running track. I was a distance runner. I ran the long races. And the key to, to winning a long race, I'm talking like 3,200 meters, 1,600 meters, is, is you have to pace yourself, Right? This is how you know the difference between a freshman and a senior. Because when a freshman comes out, they expend all their energy the first lap, but then they got seven more to go. And they're puking their guts up, like right on the side of the track while everybody else is just pacing along, right? 
So as you grow as an athlete and as a runner, you learn to compete at a pace. And my coach used to, to pull me aside before every race, and he would say, Ryan, what time do you want to run? And we would kind of set a goal, and then we would break out the splits. And we would write down, I would write them on my hand in pen, what the splits were. So I knew that if I was going to run this time in the 1600 meter, that the first lap, I needed to be here. And the second lap, I needed to be here. And he would write it down on his paper, and then he would scream at me when I would come around to, to, the, to, the, the, to the beginning of the new lap about where I was, if I was on target, or if I needed to speed up, or whatever I needed to do. And it was all about pacing, because I knew that if I ran at the right pace, that, that, that I had a chance to win the race. But if I just came out with all my intensity in the first moment that I wasn't going to have anything left. Now here's the pace. Here, here's, here's, the, here's the pace for the Christian life. I'm running along and I have some burdens. And I got to get in prayer and I got to bring those to Jesus. That rejuvenates me. And then I run a little bit further. I go a little bit more. And then I get some new burdens and I bring those to Jesus, and I catch my breath, and then I run a little bit more. Do you see it? And, and, and a lot of times what we do is we just try to run and run and run and run and run, but we never take a break, and we never come to the Savior to bring those burdens and those issues that, that are weighing us down. And, and a lot of times we think that we should do more than come, but God wants us to come to his son, Jesus, and, uh, and, and, and there's, a, there's a divine rhythm to all of this. Um, my biggest motivator to not sin is not that I want to be more religious. It's that I have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. So when I sin, I damage, I hurt my relationship with Jesus. So the reason that I want to come to him with, with, with my struggles and, 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 and my shortcomings and my burdens is because I have relationship with him, right? And, and, and Jesus is not just a religious figure that we talk about in abstract terms. He, he's one that we can know spiritually and personally. And when Jesus invites us to come, that's relationship. Listen, Jesus wants to have relationship with us. And, and, and our salvation is the beginning of that. Certainly Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave and he did so that our sins could be forgiven. But, but beyond that, Jesus also wants us to come to him when we're weary and when we're burdened and when we're concerned and when we're afraid and when we don't have the solutions and when we feel like we don't have the strength or we don't have the wisdom, we, we come to him. And this is God's great invitation to us. And it comes out of relationship. We don't come because of our own self-reliance. Um, we don't come to him many times because of our pride. Because of, of, of our thinking like, I got it all together. I got the solutions. I got this all figured out. I know how this is all going to, how this is all going to work. I don't really need to bring this burden to Jesus, but 
Then we get to the end of ourselves and we realize how bad we need them. And you know, stress and anxiety, I think, is one of the greatest ways for us to discover the strength and the power of God in our life. So listen, if you're struggling with some stuff today, that may be God's invitation for you to come to Jesus. You see your need for Jesus when you're broken, right? You see your need for Jesus when when the struggle is real, like when it's tough, when it's hard. You're like, ooh, I need the Lord. I need the Lord. Sometimes when everything's up and to the right, we don't necessarily feel that way. So maybe God is, is, is getting your heart ready to, to find that spiritual dependence uh, on the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. That's relationship. So Jesus says, come to me. That's relationship. How do we relieve stress and anxiety and burdens? We come to Jesus. Secondly, we yield to Jesus. He says, yield to me. That's partnership. And partnership is realizing that, that, that Jesus is the one who is always with us. Now notice this, this, this beautiful picture here in verse 29 and 30. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus references something that we don't think a lot about today in, in modern times, but he talks about a yoke. And does everybody know what a yoke is? A yoke is like a wooden beam that connects animals so that they can work together. And there's like a leather strap that goes around the neck of the animal. And there's like this wooden beam. And two oxen are stronger than one oxen, right? And so ancient farmers and, and people in, in biblical times would, would yoke the animals together to, to bring about greater vitality and, and, and greater energy um, with the work that needed to be accomplished. And Jesus is using this analogy, the yoke, to talk about partnership, partnership. And, and so I love to think about this. When I think about being yoked with Jesus, it reminds me of closeness and connectedness, Okay connectedness in that I am connected to Jesus, right? Just like the, you know, oxen A and oxen B are yoked together so that they can do the work. When you are yoked with Jesus, there is a, there's a togetherness. There, there's, there is a connectedness. Um, in John 15, Jesus talks about, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And if you'll abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. So we, the, the Christian life is not just about being more religious. It's not just about checking more boxes. It's about allowing the life of Jesus to live in you. And if you want to be spiritually prosperous and fruitful, you got to be stay connected to the vine, right? So when you have a problem, remember that Jesus is the one who is yoked with you. And he promised, by the way, to never leave you or forsake you. Listen, people will let you down, but Jesus is the one who is always there. He's the one that will never abandon. So I love this beautiful picture of being yoked with Jesus there's, there's, there's that connectedness. There's also a closeness, right? Because 
if I'm going to be yoked with, with someone else, we have to stay close together. And when you're yoked with Jesus, you and Jesus are close. And this is how those burdens begin to be lifted when we stay close to Jesus. Jesus says, my burden is light. In other words, I just kind of imagine that even though I'm yoked with Jesus, Jesus is doing most of the work. I mean, he's doing the heavy lifting. Amen? Jesus never promised that we wouldn't have problems or that we wouldn't have burdens. He just promised that he would be there alongside of us and that he would be pulling with us and for us. It's beautiful. Jesus says, yield to me. Yield to me. That's why we defer to Jesus because his yoke is easy and his, his burden is light. Not too long ago, I was in a little Texas town that reminded me when I was a boy, I used to go on the mail route with my granddad, who was a letter carrier for the post office. And early in the morning, he would leave and he would travel throughout North Texas and he would take the mail from the big city to the little towns. And then at night, he would pick all the mail up in the little towns and take it back to the big city. And he did this every day. And one of the great joys that I had was going with my granddad. And so we would wake up really early in the morning and we would go to the post office and we would collect the letters. And so all the mail was crammed into these big mail bags. Maybe you've seen them before. You know what I'm talking about. And, and for me as a little boy that was like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, these things were massive. And my granddad had big muscles and he used to manhandle all those all those packages and all those bags of mail. And I always wanted to help. And uh, I don't know that I was much help. I think my granddad did about 90% of the work. But I used to have a little saying. I used to tell my granddad. I used to say, Daddo, because that's what I called him, Daddo, you get the big ones and I'll get the little ones. And we were a good team. Because he would get the heavy ones and I would get whatever was left, left over. And together, you know, he was most of the muscle. But together, we, 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 we got the ball across the goal line. I think when Jesus is talking about being yoked together, he's saying, listen, if you'll stay with me, I'll handle the big ones. And you can take on the little ones. But we'll work together. We're yoked together. We're staying close together. We're connected together. And if you will yield to me, I, I, you'll discover that my burden is easy and, and, and my burden is light. Um, when he lightens our load, this is an act of grace. This is one of the most beautiful parts of being a Christ follower is that Jesus lightens our load. Listen, the reason that you're going to get through today what you're going through is because Jesus is with you and you're yoked with Jesus. And, and, and he's... He's able to do some things that you cannot do, and we're reminded of that. I love this word where it says, um, there's rest for your souls. Do you see it there in in verses 29 and 30? Rest for your souls. This word rest means like go on a vacation rest, right? Not like you took a nap for 30 minutes, but like a vacation. And have you ever been on a vacation before and you came back and you're like, I am so refreshed to get back to my normal responsibilities. Like, you just slowed down, you had a great time, 
We took a trip a couple of years ago to Moab, Utah. What a great place. And when we got there, they said, you have to you know, get the ATVs, the four-wheel drive things, and climb the rocks. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. That sounds like a very manly thing to do. I was like so pumped. I was like, bring it on, you know. And I went out to one of the courses there with the petrified rock. You guys have seen the pictures of the, the Moab desert and all that. And, and some of the inclines uh, that we were set to climb were, I mean, it felt like almost like, like this, like, you know, like 90 degrees. I mean, it probably wasn't quite that much, but it was close. It was enough to completely freak you out. And we followed a little tour guide and climbed those, those cliffs and those, went through those ravines and all that. And my family was there. And of course, I was scared to death that I was going to get somebody hurt. It was awesome, though. I mean, there's something just reviving about driving ATVs through the Moab desert. And I finished and I thought it was so awesome to just not think about what I normally think about all day long. It was refreshing, right? And that's what happens when you go on a vacation, right? Your mind goes to another place, you relax. I love to vacation. In fact, I'll tell you, I really feel like I'm on a vacation if I hear people speaking other languages, amen? Like, that's how you know you're on a really good vacation. Like, let me go to the Caribbean and lay on the beach and let me hear some Spanish. Now, I know I can relax a little bit. I love that. When Jesus is talking about rest for our souls, he's talking about not a peripheral rest, but a deep rest in our soul like you went on vacation, like you laid on the beach for a month. And listen, this encounter with Jesus is what revives us and keeps us spiritually fresh and capable to do whatever God has put before us to do. So he says, come to me. There'll be rest for your souls. You'll be on vacation. Um, You're never alone. Jesus is with you. Listen, you can have cancer and you can feel God's rest. You can lose your job. And you can still feel the rest of Jesus. You can face hardship and you can go on vacation with Jesus. Now he uses the word easy too. He says, uh, my, my burden is easy, is light. And um, that word light or easy means well-fitting. So the idea is a well-fitting uh, yoke. And I didn't know this, so I started studying this this week, but actually in ancient times, there would be like a yoke fitting. If you had a really nice ox, you would take him to the carpenter, and the carpenter would fit the yoke so that it fit properly on the back of the oxen, and so that the oxen could do the work more easily. Does that make sense? And there's even a Christian legend that's mentioned in William Barclay's commentary that says that Jesus was, uh, we know that Jesus was a carpenter, but the legend is that Jesus actually made yokes and he was the greatest yoke maker in Galilee. And when people needed a great yoke, they went to Jesus before he started his public ministry. And maybe Jesus is playing on this concept, this idea, because of his background in, in carpentry. 
But he's talking about that the burden is easy. In other words, it's well-fitting. You can accomplish more. You can do more. And God's goal isn't simply to give us relief by removing a weighty trial or affliction. He longs to draw us to himself in a close and trusting relationship. And those who take up his offer will be transformed and never be the same. The process of lightening the load begins with learning to know and to understand the Lord. So Jesus says, come to me. That's invitation. That's relationship. Jesus wants to be related to us. He says, yield to me. That's partnership. Because the worst thing in the world is to feel like that you got burdens and you're all by yourself. Amen? Jesus is the one who was always with us. We're yoked with Jesus. And then finally, he says, learn from me. That's discipleship. Now look at this right here in verse 29 and 30. Take my yoke upon you and what? He says, learn from me, right? Learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I want you just to think about that phrase for a moment, learn from me. In other words, if you're going to lighten your load, if you're going to stress less, if you're going to give burdens away to the Lord, then then we have to learn from Jesus. Now, there's a lot of things we could learn from Jesus. We could talk about how Jesus was gracious to his enemies. We could talk about how Jesus loved others. We could talk about how Jesus lived. We could talk about the prayer life of Jesus because I think one of the keys to Jesus, and by the way, Jesus had some burdens, amen? I mean, listen, Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man too. So, so don't deify Jesus to the exclusion of his problems. He dwelt among us. He was tempted in every way, and yet he was without sin. So Jesus had some burdens in his life. He had some struggles, okay? This doesn't diminish his deity. It, it actually allows us to, to understand and to connect with Jesus because Jesus struggled and suffered, and he had those burdens. And I think the way that Jesus dealt with this is through prayer, Okay, so listen, if you want to have the burdens lifted, you got to have a prayer life. Listen, you will never relieve anxiety and stress with God if you don't build a prayer life. If you, if you don't have communion with God, forget it, man. So the life of Jesus is marked by prayer. Let me give a few examples from the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21, Jesus is praying at his baptism. In chapter 5, verse 16, he's praying all night, or he's praying often. Uh, in chapter 6, he prays all night before he calls the disciples to come and follow him, the 12. He, he prayed on the Mount of Transfiguration at the end of chapter 9. He, he prayed as he sent out the 72 to minister to their communities in chapter 10. He taught the disciples to pray in Luke chapter 11. The disciples saw this correlation between prayer and power with Jesus, and they said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray like you pray? I mean, Jesus, you know something about prayer that we don't quite know yet, so Lord, will you teach us to pray? And that's where Jesus gave us the great outline, the great model prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. Um, in chapter 22, he's praying while the disciples are asleep. And in Luke 23, Jesus is even praying when he is being nailed to a cross. Now, you got to have a deep, abiding prayer life if you can even pray when you're being crucified. Amen? 
But this was the mark of Jesus' life. And the reason that Jesus was able to relieve those burdens, he was always in communion with the Father. Now, if Jesus needed to talk to the Father all the time, how much more do we? I mean, like, if the Son of God was dependent on his prayer life, do we think that maybe that we might need to get along with God in prayer likewise? I, I think so. And Jesus did some of the most profound things in and through his prayers. It's amazing. Uh, we ought to learn from Jesus how to be gentle and humble. He even says that there in uh, Matthew 11. Learn from me. Be gentle and humble. Listen, when, you, when things aren't going well, you don't have to be snapping at people. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to be upset. Be, you can be gentle and humble. He says, learn from me. But I think one of the coolest things about Jesus, in addition to his prayer life, and one of the other things that we can learn from Jesus is that Jesus lived with a freedom from trying to please others. Now, let's be honest. One of the great burdens that we feel is trying to please other people. Like, you're trying to please your family. You're trying to please your boss. You're trying to please your friends. Sometimes we even stress about pleasing people we don't even know. We stress about pleasing people we don't even care about at times. Amen? Like one person puts a comment on your social media that you don't like, and you're like, ouch, that hurts. And we feel like we got to please people we don't even know who that person is. Come on, man. Really? And so it's a burden. It's a burden that we feel. Don't you love Jesus? Jesus, listen, Jesus was going to do the will of the Father, and he just really didn't care what everybody else had to say about it. Jesus was controversial because he was doing the things that God had purposed for him to do regardless of what everybody else's commentary was. So Jesus is eating dinner with tax collectors. Jesus is having conversations with with women that were very questionable, okay? Jesus was spending time with the down and outers, the, 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 the people that the religious establishment were, were afraid of. Jesus loved those people. And this is why the Pharisees and the Sadducees were always so nervous when Jesus showed up. They're like, well, who's he talking to now? Listen, one of the great burdens that we ought to, to rip off of our backs should be this desire to please everybody else. We, we live to please one, and his name is Jesus. We want to please him. Everybody else, hey, man, I'd love to help, but I don't live my life for everybody else. I only live it for him. And Jesus says, learn from me, learn from me. Could we lift that burden of, of performance? Could we, could we ease that weight of, I got to have everybody's blessing and approval? If we looked at the person of Jesus and we said, listen, I want to live like, like him. I want to live like him. And Jesus says, learn from me. You know, are we learning from Jesus? 
Are we learning from him? When we learn from him, that, that's discipleship. He says, learn from me, learn from me. So here's the great promise. Jesus says you can find rest. Okay, check it out. This is encouraging, okay? This is, one of the, this is the reason why this is one of my favorite Bible verses. Do you see it? Jesus says, listen, if you will come to me, you will find rest for your souls. And so what do we do? We come to, me, we come to him. That's relationship. We yield to him. That's partnership. We learn from him. That's discipleship. And when we follow that, God begins to relieve the burdens of our life and we begin to find great rest. Would you pray with me for just a moment?